0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. It's FA Cup weekend in England, uh, Manchester United and Manchester City are the favourites uh, for the competition and we're fortunate enough this week to be joined by our Manchester football correspondent uh, David McDonald. David, are you there? I am Aaron, how are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you. I say we're also joined in the studio uh, by Martin Domin and uh, by Thomas Bristow. Guys, how are you doing? Fantastic, Alan. Fantastic. Hello. Good stuff. Uh, good to have you. I'm um, going to start off this podcast on United. Um, I'm going to start as well with a comment uh, that Joey Barton made uh, at the start of the week, effectively saying that uh, Josie Mourinho wasn't the right fit uh, for Manchester United, and that came obviously on the back of United losing to Newcastle uh, last weekend. Um, David, I'll start with you. Um Jose Mourinho, it's not quite going as swimmingly as he maybe uh, would have liked him, but do you still see him as, uh, as the right man to lead United?
1: Well, I do. I mean, I, and I think, you know, if it doesn't work with Mourinho, you know, where else do United th- turn to? Um, obviously, post-Fergie, post you know, they've gone for, for Moyes, that didn't work out. Van Hal was brought in to steady the ship and, and Mourinho is a, is a proven winner. Um, I think we have to put it into perspective. You know, Manchester City are doing extraordinary things this season, you know, the like of which we've never seen in the Premier League. Uh, 72 points you know, by early February is just astonishing. Um, and I think in any other season, United, you know, given the progress they have made, OK, they've lost two of the last three Premier League games, but, but they'd be right up there, you know, challenging for the title. Um, you know, let's not forget he won two trophies last year in his first season. OK, they finished sixth, but he, he has got them moving in the right direction. I, I just think there are obviously issues there that need to be resolved. You know, Polper is obviously one of them, you know, where he's best deployed you know, how he gets the best out of Pogba. And clearly he's not doing that at the moment. Uh, Matic is another one. You know, I think he's played every, started everything every Premier League game. He's carrying an injury. Um, you know, I think he looks tired as well. So I think there are, there are issues within the squad that need to be addressed. But I think, you know, overall, I think Mourinho is the man to take them forward. Um, albeit that Manchester City are just doing incredible things and, and really as I say, you you can't compare it to any other season because this is unique what we're seeing from Manchester City. So I think United, they will stick with Mourinho. Of course, he signed a new contract a few weeks ago. Uh, They seem as the right man to take them forward. Um, But certainly next year and in the summer, they have to strengthen strengthen the squad in the the transfer market. And really, they, they have to have to get closer to Manchester City next season. That's that's there's there, there, no
0: question about that. Yeah, uh, the FA Cup might well be United's best chance for a trophy this year. Uh, they play Huddersfield uh, this weekend. Tom, uh, I'll come to you now. Um, how do you see United treating the FA Cup? Is it, is it a competition they have to go all out and uh, and win this year? Given given the fact that they are so far behind City.
2: I think so. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're going to put a stamp in the Champions League as well. But I, I think the league is. Pretty much sewn up with City. I'm well, not that, you know, Jose Mourinho or any of his staff will admit that. Um, but the FA Cup is is a huge chance for them to to win some silverware. I think it's a step up personally from the League Cup last year as well. I think it's a bigger uh, trophy in English football. And um, if if he can win the FA Cup, finish second, and put in a decent run in the Champions League, I think that'll be a successful season. Given the fact they finished what sixth last season.
0: Uh, Martin, um, what, what do you think's maybe gone wrong for United so far this season? Um, I say they've they're, they're not really looked, I mean, from myself personally, they've not looked uh, particularly solid at the back, have they? Uh, I mean, do you look at the, the game against Newcastle and a uh, disappointing goal to give away? Yeah, you're right.
3: They, uh, they haven't looked good at the back. They struggled with Victor Lindelof, big money signing, lots of talk about him, hasn't really done the business. Recently, obviously, Smalling and Jones have come under scrutiny, but when you say things have gone wrong, Got to, I mean I know we can't look at the end of the season now but let's say they finish second no shame in finishing second to what is a an excellent Manchester City side Champions League we expect them to get past Sevilla no problems there and then you know, are they among the you know, they could. they could go far, we don't know FA Cup, they should get past Huddersfield so right now they are challenging certainly on two fronts and to finish second in the Premier League it's certainly be a vast improvement on last season so let's not get too carried away about you know United having a disastrous season. There are there
0: are several clubs who would be would love to be in their position right now. Yeah. Uh, so Martin there mentioned uh, Victor Lindelof. Uh, David, do you think United will kind of rotate this uh, for this FA Cup game against Huddersfield? Will we see the likes of Lindelof come back into the team? Maybe maybe Rojo starting uh, starting again. And do you think Mourinho will mix it up, or or do you think he'll almost be stubborn with uh, with his his back line of uh, Smalling and Jones?
1: Uh, I, think, I think it's a very interesting question, uh, Aaron. I think, he, I think he will change. He will make changes. I mean, you know, the, the, the errors from Smalling and Jones were, were there for all to see in the Newcastle defeat. And they've been coming for a while. Of course, Jones scored no goal against Tottenham. Yeah, you know, they, they haven't looked at, 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 at the kind of level that, that United, you know, need and require for for some time now, I think. Um, I think Rojo is obviously, I think he's only played 10 games since he came back from his long-term injury. I think he was out for seven months. So I think they've been using him sparingly and easing him back in. Uh, but I think he will use this as an opportunity to shuffle the pack and perhaps bring Rojo in, uh, Lindelhoff um, you know, Shaw may get a run out of left-back. Of course, he's, he's gone with Ashley Young. Um, you know, since praising Shaw was one of the best left-backs in the world, he then drops him uh, in favour of Ashley Young. So I think he will make changes for this game. I think the problem United have got as well at the moment is, of course, the two defeats. You know, They were in a two-horse race with City for the title. And, of course, now they've been dragged back into a battle for the top four. And I think, OK, they've got the epic up this weekend. But the, the bigger picture of United... Uh, is making sure they get into the Champions League next season. And they got in, obviously, via the Europa League, winning that last season. But there's only four points separating them from, from fifth at the moment. Uh, and they've got a tough run of games coming up. They've got Chelsea, you know, we're back on form. I know they've had their own problems. But they, they can't afford any slip-ups in the, in the League United. And, and that's got to be the priority, uh, maintaining not a second spot, but staying in the top four because you know, Spurs are, uh, 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 you know, in the ascendancy again. Um, and that's that's a real issue for Mourinho, holding down that that top, that top four spot. Of course, you know, you know, all teams and all clubs want to win trophies in the FA Cup as the guy said will be a step up on, on the League Cup. But I think paramount importance is making sure they win the Champions League next season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just going back to something you said right at the start, David, uh, you mentioned Paul Pogba obviously maybe been a little indifferent in recent weeks. Uh, Roy Keane uh, said just last night on the Champions League highlights uh, gave a, a, a little bit of a scathing review of him. How, how do you see Paul, Pogba, Paul Pogba's performances in uh, in recent weeks?
1: Well, I think it's no secret, and everyone can see it, you know, is not getting the best out of Pogba, and there's been so much focus on him, and and Marino um, and takes umbrage at that, but you know, the fact is he is 89 million, United's record signing, uh, club record signing, so there is focus on him, and, and because, you know, he, he was he left United, he's come back, he's, he's the player around whom we felt that the whole team would be built, you know, his, his technique, his power, a- athleticism, he's got everything, you know, his touch and everything, but he's just he's disappearing in games at the moment, and... I'm of the opinion, like many others in, in, in the game and, and you know, watch United week in, week out, that he just cannot play a, a, as part of a midfield too, as a, as a deeper line midfielder. Now, last Friday we spoke to Jose. He, he used the phrase box-to-box player about 50 times in his monologue answer, he, going on about the fact that if you're a box-to-box player, as everyone says Paul is, then you have to be able to do it in both boxes. You've got to be able to defend in your own box, win the ball, and attack in the other box. But I think we can all see certainly in recent weeks that Pogba just he, he doesn't tackle that well he doesn't track back he doesn't win the ball you know he's not a matich type player who will get stuck in and, and or a Herrera who will win the ball and, and, and set attackers free he's best deployed as he was at Juventus you know the left side of a midfield three where he's got the license to push forward and, and link up with the attackers and, and, and the forward players uh, and, and not be burdened with the defensive duties now for Mourinho of course you know every player has to be the complete player and has to be able to to, to fulfil all roles but I just feel that at the moment it it, it could take a a tweaking of, of United's formation to maybe a 4-3-3 four, a four, three, three to actually get the best out of Pulpa and release him and give him that free roll and that license to do what he does best, which is linking midfield and attack. So uh, it'll be interesting to see whether, whether there is a, a change in United's formation in, in the coming weeks. But I, I do think something needs to give... Um if we're not going to see Pogba you know keep getting substituted and keep putting in you know, subpar sub Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh Tom um have have you have you been disappointed uh, with with Pogba at all as a kind of what watching United did you maybe expect more from him uh, this season especially?
2: Uh I thought he'd really go on and, and kick on this season. Um the injury has not helped that. He was out for a little bit, wasn't he? Um which just as he seemed to be getting in his stride, I think that that hit um when Matic signed he had a lot of freedom to go forward as, uh, as Disco just said and that—that that is when he's at his best um, in terms of disappointed I don't know, I feel like there's always been something in the way whether it be his injury or the formation he's in um, which, is, which is a bit of a shame I think more than anything else but he's still young, he's 24 um, and he, you can tell when he's on the ball he's world class um, I, I think it's more just I'm looking forward to seeing him play the way I think we all know he can.
0: Um, another Manchester United player who has maybe got a lot to think about at the moment is Marcus Rashford. Uh, there's interesting comments on Monday Night Football uh, from Thierry Henry basically saying that Rashford uh, you know, should consider leaving United. He didn't say he has to leave United, he said you know, it's something he has to now think about, it's something he has to consider uh, given the arrival of Sanchez uh, and stuff. Uh, David, do you see... Um, Marcus Rashford is almost like a bit of a peculiar case right now. He's uh, he's maybe not playing in the position he wants to play, uh, kind of play in when he's playing out wide. Um, does he? I mean, is he ever going to get a chance to play down the middle with obviously now Sanchez in there, Lukaku's there, Ibrahimovic still you know might make a, you know, a little comeback before the end of the season. Um, it's a, it's an interesting time for Marcus Rashford, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is, and it's a, it's a real conundrum for him because. Yeah, you know, he started the season in in the starting lineup, uh, and then of course he, he lost his way a little bit and, and, and got displaced, and, and, and Martial came in, and then obviously well, Sanchez has now has now signed, and, and that's another door closed for Rashford. I think I'm right saying he's been involved, starting on coming off the bench in every every game, virtually every game this season. So you know, he's been in the squad, he's, he's he's not been sort of dropped at all. But yeah, it's it, it's a World Cup year. He has to play. He has to be playing regularly, and I can I can understand the, the kind of noise around around him with people saying that he should move, but. Uh, you know he's he's a, he's a local lad. He's, he's United. He's been United since a very very young age. Um, you know he's he's involved. But I feel I, I just feel that at the moment there are so many doors closed to him that it's difficult to see where he starts because the form Martial's in, you you can't drop him. You know Sanchez has arrived on you know exorbitant wages and everything, and with his profile and his ability and everything, he won't be dropped. There seems to be reluctance on Mourinho's part to drop Lukaku. Although, you know I do think uh, does deserve a run in, in the side. So. It's hard to see where he's going to fit in at the moment. And I can understand the, the sort of clamour for him to, or the feeling that, that maybe, you know, move is, is what he needs. But I, I don't see it happening. I mean, Mourinho, we, we put this to him a few weeks ago and he was adamant that, that you know, he had faith in, in Rashford, that he still believed in him and that Rashford understood that and, and was happy with the, with the situation. Now, of course, that's Mourinho talking. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a different story perhaps in Rashford's perspective because he wants to be playing. He's, he's still young. I think he's 21. So, you know, you, you you can understand his his rationale um, in maybe you know reconsidering his future, but I think at the moment I don't think that's 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 really an option. I think he's, he's better served staying United and just seeing how things pan out. Because if the results you know don't keep going United's way and you know Mourinho does feel that, that, that there may be you know room for a change, then he, he, he may well get back in. But at the moment, um, it, it's a difficult situation for him, and it is hard to see where he's gonna where he's gonna get back in.
0: Yeah, um so one of the reasons why—I uh, mean, as we've all mentioned already on this this podcast—why um, you uh, kind of we've said United are maybe underachieving—it's because of Manchester City, uh, kind of in this uh, incredible uh, performance. Uh, Martin, Man City, just one of the greatest Premier League teams of all time. Yes, probably. Uh, I think you still have to wait for. Well, they're going to win the league.
3: That seems certain. So, okay, Premier League teams, yes. Um, but I don't think that's that's what they're trying to achieve. I think. It's beyond that now. It's about the Champions League, and I think until they win that, we can't really sort of judge them compared to the best teams, you know, in European football, in world football, etc. etc. I think obviously a great performance this week, but, you know, opposition, no great shakes. Real Madrid looked decent as well, uh, Liverpool, of course, and still plenty of games to come. Juventus Tottenham, the winner of that, will obviously fancy their chance. So I think you have to judge them on. European front, but certainly in Premier League terms, yes. But what does that mean anymore? Is that really a, a, a gauge of brilliant teams when you look back at the, the European competitions in previous seasons? No, not really. It doesn't mean that they are a great team you know, overall.
0: Uh, David, you were out there in uh, Basel for City's uh, win uh, in the week. I mean, ch- just can you put into words just how impressive uh, City have been this season? You know I mean, you're in a very fortunate position that you do get to watch them in person. Um, kind of so regularly, um, you, you must almost kind of feel honoured in a way to, to watch a team so so regularly.
1: Yeah, it's certainly been a privilege watching this season, uh, as, as you say, Aaron Yeah, uh, you know, they, they are they are you know setting new standards. You know, with, with every time they step out on the pitch, you know, the, I mean, as Martin said, you know, Barcelona no great shakes. They are coming off the back of a winter break, and a lot of people are saying, well, you know, they beat Manchester United one 0 in the in the group stage you know, back in November. But you know, as Guardiola pointed out. You know, Basel had the match rhythm then and and perhaps you know, this time around you know, coming off the winter break, they, they didn't have that match rhythm. But still, to go anywhere you know, in the Champions League in the knockout stage and win 4-0 away from home is, is a remarkable result. And, and, and the reality is City probably played within themselves to, to a certain extent um, on Tuesday night. You know, they, they could have scored two or three more goals. And I think what was interesting as well is that, that it was you know, the, the kind of guys that don't play regularly, the kind of lesser lines, if, if, if you can call them that, which sounds a bit derogatory, but the likes of uh, Gundogan and Bernardo Silva who have not been regular starters for City this season but obviously with, with David Silva with the, with the personal problems he's had and he's having to go back home uh, more frequently Bernardo Silva's come in obviously Gundogan's come in as well uh, Gundogan was a, a, absolutely exceptional on uh, on Tuesday scored twice um, and, and Bernardo Silva scored as well so these guys are uh, you know another glimpse of the kind of talent that lurks sort of beneath City's you know regular starting eleven. of course the has been a, a phenomenal standard all season and Aguero I think he's got 29 goals this season already, um, and of course they've got players coming back. Of course, Sine came back on on Tuesday. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is going to resume training soon. Mendy they hope will be back in a, in, a, in a few weeks' time, or for the, maybe for the quarter-final or semi-final stages of the Champions League if they, if they get that far. So they've got players coming back, um, and yeah, they are, they are they are setting new standards. They're re- reaching new heights this season, as, as the guy said that the league has shown up. And really, for them now, the focus has got to be the Champions League, and with the 16 point lead they've got in the in the Premier League. Um, they can afford to rest players I mean, they can afford to lose against Arsenal and Chelsea coming up in the league and, and, and still retain that formidable lead. So it's all about the Champions League. They've got Wigan in the cup on, on, uh, on Monday. You'd expect them to navigate that again with you know, several key players rested. Um, we've got the, the League Cup final, of course, against Arsenal the Carabao Cup. Um, I think Guardiola will rest players in advance of that because he'll want to put a trophy on the board early on. And and let's not forget, even though they're all talking about, they're they're all saying they're not talking about the quadruple. That has to be within their sights. You know, they're so close. They've they've got obviously the Premier League really in the bag already. They're one game away from winning the League Cup. Um, You know, it's on. It's most definitely on. And um, you know, it would be it would be a remarkable achievement. And obviously, it would eclipse eclipse Manchester United, triple of ninety nine, which (laughs) was I'm sure I'm sure going down well in the blue half of Manchester. So yeah, I mean, it's been an extraordinary year. Season for them. Um, but, you know, as, as the guy said as well, you've got to got to wait until the trophies are won before you can start talking about them uh, in such reverential terms.
0: Yeah, so one of the key uh, kind of men behind uh, Man City's success this season has been Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, I mean, because of Mo Salah's performances for Liverpool, the PFA player of the year debate has kind of kicked on a little bit. I think a few weeks ago, everyone was saying, oh, De Bruyne for definite. And now Mo Salah's just uh, offered, you know, a few timely. Uh, Reminders, uh, Tom. For yourself, uh, who, who do you, who do you like? of them two for PFA Play of the Year? Is uh, a Salah done enough to challenge De Bruyne?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. He has. Yeah, um, I didn't. I personally didn't think, and I, I'm not sure most people did that he would come and make the impact that he has um, at Liverpool. I think uh, De Bruyne has as we know been, you know, well cast for a couple of seasons, but now he's he's gone to astronomical astronomic levels um for for City and obviously he's, as you say, a sort of a key cog for what their team is doing this season. Um I don't know whether it's because Salah is, is a new signing that he stands out maybe more. I'm not sure. Um it's hard I, I, I'm really struggling to pick between the two because they've been so good um, I think it's because Salah's surprised I'm sort of leaning towards him I'm not sure
0: uh, Martin any, any of the two say your preference I think it's easy sometimes
3: to go for goals like you know, Salah's I think he said 39 or competitions or whatever it is and of course that's great especially in mid-February but I'd rather look beyond that I'd rather look at someone who if you like can do it all and I think De Bruyne is that player um, he'll chip in with goals, but he's he's much more than that. And also, I guess they are both. If you like Chelsea rejects, they have both had to prove themselves again in the Premier League. And De Bruyne has had more time to do that.
0: But I think what we're seeing now is more of a complete player. Yeah. So I'd, I'd give him the nod. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. What well, must Jose Mourinho would be thinking? He so say he he was the man who let go Mo Salah and Kevin De Bruyne. and now, to And now, uh, <laughs> and now they're they two of the best players on on the planet. Uh, David yourself. Uh, I, I mean, maybe because you watch City, or kind of um, every week. Do you, do you lean towards De Bruyne in the PFA Play of the Year race?
1: Uh, yeah, I do, but not not because I watch him every week. But I think Martins Martins right. You know, De Bruyne has a bit of everything about him. You know, Kay's not scored as many goals as as Salah. I think he's got eleven eleven goals this season. But I mean, he's got fourteen or fifteen assists in the in the Premier League. Um, you know, handful in Europe and and some of the passes. I mean, you know, it's a privilege to actually, as we were saying at the outset. When you see them, when you're watching it live, you've got the scope of the whole pitch there. I mean, some of the passes, the assists that he's, he's made, you know, they're, they're through the narrowest of angles and tightest of angles, and and you know, some you can't even see. in the passes that take out three or four players—they're just phenomenal. Um, and perhaps when you see them on TV, you don't maybe get that that, that full effect. So, it, yeah, it's been a bit of privilege watching De Bruyne this season. I, I think he'll be a worthy winner. Salah's done amazing things, and as the guy said, I don't think any of us expected him to to be at the 30-goal mark. You know, with you know a quarter of the season to go, if you like. So I think he's certainly a worthy contender and a challenger. But I just feel, and I also feel as well, and, and maybe I'm, you know, also in this respect, but I feel that a player of the year, you know, if you're going to be a voted player of the year, you have to help your team win something. Now, I know that players can have a normal season. We've seen in the past, you know, Gareth Bale's won it and, you know, uh, Spurs, I, I don't think, won a trophy when he won it. But I just feel that, you know, if um, uh, um, City's going to win the Premier League, you know, they may well win the FA Cup, the League Cup, the Champions League. And I just feel that a player of the year, really, it's all about winning this, the, the, in, in this game. And I just feel that the player that you have to have helped the team to win something. Uh, and uh, I mean, Liverpool may end up winning something, of course, but I just feel that De Bruyne uh, at the moment is, is certainly head and shoulders above everybody else.
0: Lovely. Uh, David, we know you've got a busy day, so we're going to let you go uh, at this point. Uh, really appreciate you joining us. Uh, thank you very much.
1: Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. All the best, guys. Uh,
0: David McDonald there joining us on the Mirror Football. Podcast. Um, we're gonna have a quick look ahead to the rest of the FA Cup action now, uh, it's, um, kind of across uh, the weekend. Uh, we start on Friday night: uh, Leicester against Sheffield United. I'm sure you're both uh, really, really excited about Um, yeah, the um uh, There's also Chelsea against Hull, which is the, the TV game. Um, for Chelsea, right now, this is quite a good fixture for Conte. Obviously, back to winning ways against West Brom. Um, obviously, on the back of two, you know some humiliating results against the uh, uh, Bournemouth and Watford. Um, he must be pretty happy home home draw against Hull. It's uh, he can just kind of steady the ship with this one. Well, especially with Barcelona
3: coming up in the Champions League, of course. And we, we talked about Manchester United and whether they should go all out for the FA Cup. I'd argue Chelsea more so should be focusing uh, on that competition. Of course, Chelsea have blown hot and cold, but can we really see them beat beating Barcelona over two legs? I certainly don't think they will. Again, they're in a fight for the top four now. You'd them over Arsenal, certainly. Um, but whether they can dislodge either Liverpool or Tottenham, assuming United are going to finish second, I don't know. So I think Chelsea certainly have to, to look at the FA Cup. We've got plenty of time to prepare for Barcelona, given this is on a Friday night, so no
0: excuses in this one, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, other FA Cup fixtures coming up this weekend. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday versus Swansea. Uh, that's Carlos Carvajal going back to the club which sacked him before he somehow got a job in a higher division. But it has gone very well for him. It's like Swansea look uh, yeah,
2: rejuvenated. I think uh,
0: they, 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 right. they look. Uh, I don't know. They, they look like they can score goals. They didn't look like they were going to score goals early in the season. Now they looks like they've got something about them. Look very disciplined.
2: I think Andre Ayew is a very good signing for them as well going back yeah. to the club that he obviously used to play at did very well at before moving to to West Ham which didn't for one reason or another work out um, so yeah watch, yeah watch that space yeah. uh,
0: and, and any chance of a Sheffield Wednesday upset I know uh, James Whalen in our office big Sheffield Wednesday fan is uh, is adamant that, or, he's, he's not adamant I, I think he, he's pretty sure Sheffield Wednesday going to lose but he'd, he'd love to get one over Carlos so do, do we give him any, any chance at all
2: I think they've got a chance i think i wouldn't be surprised if carlos cover actually rests a lot of his players no nah, the, there's no way he's has back there and going to rest but surely he's a point to prove but his main priority is the premier league race imagine if
3: yeah sure he's got a week his
2: off his key stars get injured in that
3: if he rest players i don't know what i'll do but <laughs> <laughs> i mean probably nothing <laughs> you know, like, sometimes you've got to take
2: a sacrifice for the bigger cause
3: yeah, but he's got a week to rest he's got a week to prepare for the wherever they're back in the in premier league action we have this debate about the FA Cup every single year. You know, our big—is it respected? Is it just a, a nuisance towards the tail end of the season? But if a club like Swansea, who right now are above, I believe, the relegation zone, yes, of course, they're still in the fight. But if they cannot see the possibility that this competition offers them
0: at this stage, Sheffield Wednesday, who are not going well, then I mean, the game's gone. Yeah. If they can't, I, go out especially, the especially in the FA Cup as well, where obviously Arsenal are already out, Liverpool are already out. You know, it's a. I'm not. I don't want to say winnable for Swansea because obviously Man City, Man United are still in there. But um, I'm with you on this one, Martin. I, I think it. Alright,
2: right. Here's a question. This question: <laughs> Three. when Wigan won the FA Cup and got relegated, what what was the situation there? What would you think? Do you think it was worth the relegation winning the FA Cup, or do you think that they should have sacrificed that and focused on staying on Premier League?
3: It's different. The Swansea are in a far stronger position in the Premier League than Wigan were back then. And the point is, the fans, basically Swansea fans, for how many weeks? 20 weeks now of the season more, week in, week out, are basically faced with poor football. Maybe it's improved in recent weeks, but week in, week out, they've watched their team struggle. This is, a, this is an opportunity for them to just, for 90 minutes, not really worry about league tables or relegation, who's above them, who's below them just to enjoy football it's not a holiday (laughs) but it almost is though it's a holiday from the the rigours of the Premier League and if Carlos Carvajal can't see that and put out a strong team and and put themselves in the next round then
0: something's wrong with the game Uh, also on Saturday I mean it was pretty definitive ending there I still didn't answer my question (laughs) Um, I, I, I will answer your question it was completely different for Wigan they still celebrated the greatest day in their history and on on Twitter, I th- I, th- I almost think with Wigan fans, they knew they were almost out of their depth. In I mean, if, if any Wigan fan mm. wants to send me abuse on like, <laughs> Twitter or anything, and correct me, but Wigan fans see it as the greatest day in the history, and they knew they were out of their depth, maybe in the Premier League, and I think they could take the relegation on the chin. I don't think they expected back to back relegations and becoming yo yo between Championship and League One, but I think Wigan are thankful of the the cup final. Um, Anyway, moving on the rest of Saturday. Uh, Brighton against Coventry. Coventry, the lowest-ranked team left in the competition. Uh, already have a Premier League scalp uh, in Stoke. Uh, West Brom versus Southampton, which would be last on match of the day, so I assume it's going to be last on the uh, FA Cup highlights. Uh, Huddersfield against Manchester United, of course, on Saturday evening. Uh, Sunday, Rochdale versus Tottenham. Now, there's been a lot of discussion around this game because of the pitch at Rochdale. I, <laughs> assume, I assume you guys have seen the oh, pitches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of I mean as I say pitch in inverted commas, and I don't want to be too disrespectful to Rochdale because I know they work really hard on that, on I mean just getting games on. But um, it's a bit of a leveler um, in kind of FA Cup terms, traditional.
2: Um... Well, Martin's fuming on it. I'll let him go first. <laughs> it's not a leveler
0: because they've just laid a new pitch. Yeah, well, I mean, it's still still gonna cut up. It's still gonna. It's still not gonna bed in right. It's still. It's still not gonna be the pristine Wembley surface that Tottenham okay. are, are used to playing. I, I, can I just I point don't... out
2: for anyone, obviously they can't see us, Martin's gone red with rage.
0: Rage <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is strong, but it is another. It, it,
3: if players of Tottenham's caliber cannot go and play on this freshly laid pitch, whether it cuts up or not, and again, there is something wrong. I'm sure it's not going to be the same pitch they enjoyed in Turin on Tuesday night but they should, they, they, I don't know how, how else to say I, that. they I, just I, have to go I, there and do it. They, put on a, they get paid so much money they have to go there mm. put on a performance and do the job that's not to say that Rochdale cannot produce the performance of their lives and get a draw we've seen it before that, but that's, that's another
2: the, quali- the quality of the footballer and the footballers as a team should outweigh what they're playing on really
0: it should, but the FA Cup is is 11. This is what the FA Cup does. You know, you you get these great teams going to these small little oh, tight Oh, yeah, And yeah. Scotland is a proper, crammed venue. It doesn't matter where you are in the stadium; you feel on top of it. It's um, it's it's a proper football league venue. Uh, the pitch isn't going to be perfect, regardless of whether it's been relayed or not. And um, you know, it, it's it is it is it is certainly a leveler. Um, For Twenty minutes, it may well be.
3: And as long as Tottenham are not 3-0 down after 20 minutes, then they should get a grip of the situation, work out how they're going to play, and get the job done like the professionals they claim to be.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, <laughs> <Well, laughs> the Claim. There That's, uh... claim. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, uh, yeah, when, when Rochdale up an upset, we'll, we'll get you on the podcast next week to explain what went, what I'd went love wrong. I've loved <laughs> um, And then, uh, final FA Cup which as we've already touched on we're going against Manchester City. Which he played on Monday night. Um want we'll to have a quick look back and say, what we mentioned in Tottenham uh, on the Champions League action from the week just gone, um, we've obviously talked already about Manchester City, so we'll go to Tottenham, who were um, excellent, I think it's fair to say, if you ignore the first 10 minutes Yeah. Um, in, in, in Turin. Um, a, a really determined, steely performance from them, kind of going 2 0 down and reacting. It's. Uh, um, real positive signs for Pochettino's
2: side. Yeah, it was gutsy, if you can ignore the, the football cliche. Um, to to go, they could have easily crumbled two 0 down against you know Juventus, who um, I mean everybody's talked about how great their defence has been and you know how they perform at home, and they could have easily have I don't know capitulated, gone three or four nil down, like that. Uh, but they they didn't. Um, obviously, and they they put in a fantastic performance. And what I personally loved is what I didn't expect to see was Spurs outplaying Juventus in their own backyard, like dominating possession, playing in their half. Um, I, I I almost couldn't believe it. To a certain extent, I was like, "What was going on here?" Um, and it was great. It was it was a wonderful performance from from Tottenham. They got the goal back. I do think had Higuain scored that penalty before the half uh before half time, I think that would have killed Spurs' momentum. Especially the timing of it. Just the way they, they'd got themselves back up to pick themselves up again, I think, would have been an enormous task. Um so uh yeah and then obviously the second second half they got the golden they threw uh, free kick and they've put themselves in a fantastic position for Wembley, two away goals. Um and and, and they've take, they've beat teams there before, obviously in the likes of Real Madrid.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, Do you fancy Tottenham to go through at this point, Martin?
2: Do I think they'll go through?
3: No, but they've obviously given themselves a wonderful chance. I think we talked earlier several times about changing your team, focusing on one competition or another. It's easy to forget sometimes that Tottenham used to just be this team who tried to finish in the top four, but really did. All of a sudden we kind of think see them, see them as title challengers, although not necessarily this season. And I think we've maybe got to the point where we almost expect too much. But what Pochettino has done is to work out what he should be focusing on yesterday. Sort of, we're lucky almost to get through in the FA Cup or to get the replay and then and then to go through. But you can forgive them for that when they can go to somewhere like... They've obviously got to back up by going to Juventus and getting a result and they've done that. So I think it was almost maybe a coming of age performance but certainly justifying the way he's balanced his squad, he's not got the biggest squad in the world, who you look past his first 11, so you've got to give them credit for that, you know, normally you'd see a team coming back from their way leg with a 2-2 draw would be favourites, maybe they will, I
0: don't know, but I there's something about Juventus I think they'll probably do enough at Wembley. Yeah. Um, also in the Champions League this past week uh, Liverpool were unstoppable. Uh, in, in Porto they 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 treated Porto and at a away game at Porto like they were playing an FA Cup game against a league 2 team at Anfield and just picked them apart absolutely superbly um did, did Liverpool have a chance in the Champions League given, given the way they play the fact that they in, in one off fixtures uh, i know Champions League has a two legs but you know you can treat them as as one off fixtures do you reckon they have enough quality there to actually go all the way in, and and with the trophy
2: I I think yes. Um, only because we were discussing this in the office earlier, um, that Liverpool are a big game team. For example, they they're the only team to beat Manchester City this season in the Premier League. Um, they they bring it out for the occasion and they've always done that in the Champions League. You know, look at the previous years obviously when they when they won it. Um we were saying, for example, when Josie Mourinho was in charge of Chelsea, he could never beat Liverpool in the Champions League. And it was just something about them that always brings it out on the occasion. I think you know, they'll finish third or fourth in the league, um, maybe even second, who knows on Man United's form at the moment. But um the Champions League it's just I d I don't know, I can't explain it. It's just something they always bring it out. Maybe it's Anfield, maybe it's the crowd, maybe it's what Jurgen Klopp can do on the big occasion. Um and, and because of that, I think they do have a chance.
3: Yeah. I mean they are effectively in the last eight, so of course they have a chance, but Tom's right. They do have the quality, more so going forward than than anywhere else. But I can't see over two legs against one of the big teams, uh, then come out on top two At some point, I think they'll, they'll run into trouble defensively, and no matter how good your attack, sometimes it just can't plug the holes that that are at the back. So, listen, I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure they'll get the job done at Anfield in the second leg. No FA Cup, of course, so they can you know. Again, a nice end to the season if you like they can focus on the Champions League as long as they get in the top four. And who knows the draw may be favourable in the next round, but at some point I think they'll run they'll run
0: into to one step too far. Yeah. Uh Real Madrid also picked up a win uh on Wednesday night. They were I was gonna say that they proved the doubters wrong, but they were still second best against uh PSG. They they three yeah. one a little flattering on on Real in that game.
2: Yeah, it was a bit of a sticky game, wasn't it? I think I think PSG certainly dominated the start of it, um, and, and were, were right to go one 0 up. I think um, they played well. It was odd. I, I can't really explain it. I think I don't know. PSG, I think Raúl just scored. Just scored the goals. That they took the chances they had. Um, I think they were a little bit fortuitous with Ronaldo's goal coming in off the knee. Um, and I think he did um, react well
0: to it though. So when yeah, he, yeah. He did adjust his body shape to put it in.
2: And I think uh, obviously Marcelo's goal took a deflection as well, didn't it? So I, I don't know. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit odd. Um, but then again, you know, they they, they took their chances. PSG uh, didn't threaten enough. I think I think they came forward a lot, but it didn't really seem to have many clear cut chances. I think a lot of crosses were blocked. I thought um, I thought both defenses. I know obviously PSG conceded three, but I thought both defenses had a shit actually had quite a good game.
0: It's, it's quite nicely poised isn't it the, the second like uh, 3-1 PSG with the away goal mm-hmm. uh, going back to, to their home ground it's, uh, it's set up nicely for for, mm-hmm. for an interesting game It is.
3: 2-1 would have been better, I think 3-1 is if not comfortable then it's, it's obviously more comfortable I think maybe are we just you know, bigging PSG up too much are they really, I mean of course it was, it was a great tie on paper it was the the X number <laughs> however many times would have won it lots of times Twelve, yeah, and, and against PSG, who you know, the pretenders to the throne, if you like. But I think maybe we overestimated PSG. Of course, their front line is formidable. Is it the best? Maybe it's a bit arguably the best in the world, but they haven't been brilliant in the league because you have to compare them to their own standards that they've set in the previous seasons. Yeah. So I think perhaps we just overestimated PSG. I don't think Real Madrid made any sort of statements. You know that they're back, or that. But also, they could just be focusing on the Champions League. The league is gone, so yeah. the cup is, you know, they're out of that as well. So I think, in terms of Real Madrid's title credentials, we'll wait and see. Of course, if they can go to Paris and get a result, then that will uh, enhance those chances. But I think we should probably just take a step back and, and not get too excited about either side at this point, at this point.
0: Yeah, uh, this. Well, I say the Next midweek, there will be the second round of last 16 first-leg games. Uh, Chelsea against Barcelona is definitely the highlight tie uh, in there. Um, Bayern Munich against Besiktas, the Donetsk against Roma and Manchester United uh, are away at Sofia on Wednesday. Uh, we'll be looking back at all of them fixtures on next week's uh, podcast. Um, just very quickly before we go, uh, name your Champions League winner. Tom, Oh man, put you on the spot right now.
2: Uh Ooh. Barcelona.
0: Barcelona, but he doesn't seem even convinced with himself. No, I
2: don't know. He <laughs> no, threw me off.
0: But I think as boring
3: and as obvious as it is, I think it has to be for now. Manchester City. Good.
0: Too much quality, uh, and they'll get there in the end. I hope so. I I also picked City simply because I drunkenly put twenty quid on them to win <laughs> <laughs> to win the Champions League earlier this season. Uh, so uh, Pep hope you're listening Um, (laughs) you're going to make me a fortune if you do it so cheers Um, that will do us this week on the Mirror Football podcast Uh, you can make sure you never miss an episode uh, of our podcast if you subscribe to us on iTunes on Audioboom or on Spotify Uh, you'll also find us all over the Mirror Football uh, social media channels on Facebook and Twitter um, if you're subscribing on any of those platforms we'd very very much appreciate it if you could give us a a very nice five star rating that would be very very much appreciated Um, but until next time uh, enjoy the FA Cup uh, enjoy the Champions League next midweek and uh, we will see you then so it's a goodbye from us
2: bye